Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Cosmic Creating Show. I'm now doing two shows a week, one on Wednesday, one on Saturday. And um, it's mainly because there's so much to cover at the moment, so much going on in the world. It, it's quite a job to actually select what I'm going to focus on. But uh, this week I'm going to be talking about the main headlines just as an overview Russia and Ukraine, which is obviously top of mind, and the State of the Union address, which happened yesterday evening. And just as a reminder, my name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, and at empoweredmanifestation.com. And also on social media at uh, YouTube and Facebook, it's Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. And so I'm going to start just running down a few headlines, but I won't spend too long on that because there's quite a bit I need to share on the Russia-Ukraine situation. Um, So yesterday, the Pfizer documents, the first tranche of Pfizer documents were released. And what's being shared on social media is the fact that there are nine pages in the appendix of extremely small print adverse effects and this is causing quite a shitstorm if you like not amongst those of us who refuse to be injected it's amongst those people who were injected or at least some of them saying oh my god if only I'd known this so we'll have to see what is a follow-up from this because, of course, the mainstream media isn't covering it at all. Um, but seriously, with there's also been an update from Children's Health Defence, the defender, that the judge has unsealed 400 pages of evidence clearing the way for the Pfizer whistleblower lawsuit. And this was to do with the whistleblower who exposed the um basically the falsification of the Pfizer vaccine trials um just a key point the lawsuit states defendants concealed violations of both their clinical trial protocol and federal regulations including falsification of clinical trial documents Due to the defendant's scheme, millions of Americans have received a misbranded vaccination, which is potentially not as effective as represented. And also, of course, you know, a cover-up, major cover-up of the adverse effects. The document also includes the numbers of people who experienced um, adverse effects I think the number I haven't got it in front of me was something like 43,000 out of 45,000 total experienced adverse effects and also uh, over 1,200 deaths during the trial and one of the things that of course we were told not that we believed it Um, If you had an adverse effect, oh, it just means that it's working because your immune system is responding. Honestly, the level of uh, lies that have been told about this just beg a belief. Um, Definitely a case for um, crimes against humanity charges. There's been some development in the voter fraud, um, election fraud issue in Wisconsin, and they're now looking at decertifying the Electoral College votes. Um, the, the latest is that massive voter fraud was discovered in nursing homes, uh, basically saying that there was a 100% t- 
turnout, which if you think about it, it's not really feasible. And also, I think it's Wisconsin, it may be Pennsylvania, but basically saying that more votes were cast than voters in that particular state. So obviously that's a big red flag and basically calling for the decertification and the not only that but that the certi original certification was illegal based on those numbers and then we have in Arizona uh Katie Hobbs the secretary of state had filed a lawsuit wanting to prevent um the prosecution of election law violations. Well, well, the Supreme Court judge has blocked that request. So that means that uh, Attorney General Bronovich may prosecute election law violations. So that's good news. And of course, Wendy Rogers is pushing for this. Um, she continues to fight the good fight against this election fraud and wants the result of the election to be overturned and the um, the electoral college votes to be decertified. Um, the other thing in the news, the Freedom Convoy of truckers is absolutely huge. The latest number I saw was 10,000 uh, trucks involved. And what was announced recently was the fact that the they're obviously on their way to DC and that the fences have gone up again around the capital. So, you know, let's not allow our citizens who put us in power to raise any red flags about what we're doing. Um, okay, so that's, that's a quick run through the headlines. So I want to move on to the news about Russia and Ukraine. And I just want to make a disclaimer i mean obviously a lot of what we're looking at is undoubtedly propaganda on the part of the mainstream media but we also still have questions about um zelensky is he a good guy or a you know a bad guy what's going on there so obviously as always i'm saying don't believe everything i tell you use your discernment Think about what really feels right about this. And, um, you know, when you see the mass hysteria <laughs> among the people who fall for the propaganda time after time, I mean, in, on Twitter we're saying, you know, these people fell for all the lies about COVID and now they think that, they're, that the MSM is being truthful <laughs> about Russia and Ukraine. I don't think so. And actually, yesterday in a in a Facebook thread, I was accused of being a Nazi because I said I supported Putin. So there you have it. I'm obviously a Nazi, <laughs> despite the fact that Putin said he was denazifying Ukraine. So um, there's a couple of things uh, I want to share with you. One of them is the number of hoaxes that have been. Uh, revealed shall we say i did cover some of these last week but this is an update on that so this is from envolve.com mainstream media gets busted pushing six fake news stories on ukraine war uh, despite receiving millions of shares and likes every single one of the viral stories documenting ukraine's resistance to russia's escalating invasion by the mainstream media have proven to be complexly bogus propaganda. The phony tales go viral at a time when social media companies are adopting tight fact-checking procedures to block news that contradict the establishment narrative. However, when it comes to the mainstream media's latest surge of bogus Ukraine news, these fact-checkers have remained deafeningly mute. The NationalPulse.com reports the snake, number one, the Snake Island Martyrs. 13 Ukrainian border guards stationed on the country's Snake Island, located in the Black Sea, were quickly alleged to have been killed by Russian forces at the onset of Russia's invasion. Audio recordings of what was allegedly their final moment went viral on social media, with a Russian warship demanding 
I ask you to lay down your arms and surrender to avoid bloodshed and unnecessary deaths, otherwise you will be bombed. Russian warship came the reply, go F yourself. The 13 Ukrainians, the country's president Vladimir Zelensky said, died heroically. He later promised to recognise each soldier with the title of Hero of Ukraine. Days later, however, the Ukraine Navy revealed that the guards had actually been taken captive by Russian occupiers and were all still alive. Number two, the ghost of Kiev. A video of a Ukrainian fighter pilot dubbed the ghost of Kiev Kiev, showed a jet supposedly shooting down multiple Russian fighter jets, causing several casualties. Social media users were quick to champion the pilot as a hero, despite the video actually tracing its origins to a video game. This video was created with the 2008 game Digital Combat Simulator and was first shared via YouTube, where the original poster acknowledged the footage was from a simulator. Representative Dan Crenshaw also hyped the debunked Ghost of Kiev tale in a tweet, along with promoting the Snake Island myth. And um, also the other thing it doesn't mention in here is the Ghost of Kiev is actually a comedian and had um, photoshopped its head onto the the pilot in the in the plane. Funny. Three, the fake farewell photo of two Ukrainian children sending off soldiers to fight Russians quickly went viral on social media with posts on Twitter containing the image amassing tens of thousands of likes. Pro-war representative Adam Kinsinger even shared the picture. In reality, the dramatic image actually traces its roots over half of a decade back to Ukraine in 2016 and has appeared in several news stories since then. Number four, it's an airsoft gun. The story of former Miss Grand Ukraine Anastasia Lena joining Ukraine's military to fight against Russia also turned out to be false, despite amassing thousands of likes and shares across social media platforms. While the photo of Lena is from one of her recent Instagram posts where she expressed support for Ukraine against Russian forces, the gun in the popular picture is actually an airsoft rifle. I'm not absolutely sure what that is, but anyway. Even conservative outlets like Breitbart News peddle the propaganda, which in turn led to Lena clarifying the lack of her military status, writing, I am not a military, just a human, in a post five days later. And it's got images of the actual gun she's holding. Um, Five, straight from the big screen, literally. Clips of Ukrainian soldiers kissing their loved ones goodbye as they supposedly left to fight Russia also quickly went viral, except the footage, which has already garnered thousands of likes, comes from a 2017 film, The War of Chimeras. Six, Anonymous Imposters, a video supposedly created by the notorious hacker group Anonymous, threatened to launch massive cyber attacks and empty the bank accounts of Russian citizens who refused to protest Putin in a minute-long video circulating across social media platforms. And it says on March 3rd, 2022... All money will be debited from your bank accounts and transferred in favour of the armed forces of Ukraine, claimed a video voiceover appearing to attempt to try to get Russian citizens to withdraw funds from their bank accounts. Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation, however, admitted that the video wasn't actually created by Anonymous. The plethora of false stories in such a short period of time serves as a reminder about vigilance in reporting and fact-checking. The National Pulse is committed to reporting the truth 100% of the time, not just when it suits a political or geopolitical narrative. Now I'm going to go back in time a little bit, um, back to February 24th. And this is an article put out by Forbidden Knowledge TV, and it's actually um, reproducing what Vladimir Putin said in his speech last Wednesday. It says, no sooner had he finished speaking than the first tanks began rolling into Ukraine from the eastern border 
And then from Belarus, this speech explains why it's a very important read. And Forbidden Knowledge TV actually published this yesterday. So <clears throat> this is a transcript of his speech. So the reason I want to share this is because it's really talking about what Putin's intentions are in terms of his actions against Ukraine. And it's also putting it in the much, much bigger picture of what we know are deep state organizations like NATO and the United Nations and the EU, etc., etc. So, you know, if you read this with an open mind, you'll think, well, good grief, this guy's perfectly justified <laughs> in taking these actions. Um, so, I will, I may not be able to read all of it, but I'll certainly pick out the key points that I think are the most important ones. Um, citizens of Russia, friends, I consider it necessary today to speak again about the tragic events in Donbass and the key aspects of ensuring the security of Russia. I will begin with what I said in my address on February 21st, 2022. I spoke about our biggest concerns and worries and about the fundamental threats which irresponsible Western politicians created for Russia consistently, rudely and unceremoniously from year to year. I am referring to the eastward expansion of NATO, which is moving its military infrastructure ever closer to the Russian border. It is a fact that over the past 30 years, we have been patiently trying to come to an agreement with the leading NATO countries regarding the principles of equal and indivisible security in Europe. In response to our proposals, we invariably faced either cynical deception and lies or attempts at pressure and blackmail, while the North Atlantic Alliance continued to expand despite our protests and concerns. Its military machine is moving and, as I said, is approaching our very border. Why is this happening? Where did this insolent manner of talking down from the height of their exceptionalism, infallibility and all-permissiveness come from? What is the explanation for this contemptuous and disdainful attitude to our interests and absolutely legitimate demands? The answer is simple. Everything is clear and obvious. In the late 1980s, the Soviet Union grew weaker and subsequently broke apart. That experience should serve as a good lesson for us because it has shown us that the paralysis of power and will is the first step towards complete degradation and oblivion. We lost confidence for only one moment, but it was enough to disrupt the balance of forces in the world. As a result, the old treaties and agreements are no longer effective. Entreaties and requests do not help. Anything that does not suit the dominant state, the powers that be, is denounced as archaic, obsolete and useless. At the same time, everything it regards as useful is presented as the ultimate truth and forced on others regardless of the cost, abusively and by any means available. Those who refuse to comply are subjected to strong-arm tactics. What I am saying now does not concern only Russia, and Russia is not the only country that is worried about this. This has to do with the entire system of international relations and sometimes even US allies. The collapse of the Soviet Union led to a redivision of the world and the norms of international law that developed by that time and the most important of them, the fundamental norms that were adopted following World War II and largely formalised its outcome came in the way of those who declared themselves the winners of the Cold War. Of course, practice, international relations and the rules regulating them had to take into account the changes that took place in the world and in the balance of forces. However, this should have been done professionally, smoothly, patiently and with due regard and respect for the interests of all states and one's own responsibility. Instead, we saw a state of euphoria created by the feeling of absolute superiority a kind of modern absolutism, coupled with the low cultural standards and arrogance of those who formulated and pushed through decisions that suited only themselves. The situation took a different turn. There are many examples of this. 
First, a bloody military operation was waged against Belgrade without the UN Security Council sanction, but with combat aircraft and missiles used in the heart of Europe. The bombing of peaceful cities and vital infrastructure went on for several weeks. I have to recall these facts because some Western colleagues prefer to forget them, and when we mention the event, they prefer to avoid speaking about international law instead emphasising the circumstances which they interpret as they think necessary. Then came the turn of Iraq, Libya and Syria, the illegal use of military power against Libya and, and the distortion of all the UN Security Council decisions on Libya ruined the state, created a huge seat of international terrorism and pushed the country towards a humanitarian catastrophe, into the vortex of a civil war which has continued there for years. The tragedy which was created for hundreds of thousands and even millions of people, not only in Libya but in the whole region, has led to a large-scale exodus from the Middle East and North Africa to Europe. A similar fate was also prepared for Syria. The combat operations conducted by the Western Coalition in that country without the Syrian government's approval or UN Security Council's sanction can only be defined as aggression and intervention. But the example that stands apart from the above events is, of course, the invasion of Iraq without any legal grounds. They use the pretext of allegedly reliable information available in the United States about the presence of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. To prove that allegation, the US Secretary of State held up a vial with white powder publicly for the whole world to see, assuring the international community that it was a chemical warfare agent created in Iraq. It later turned out that all of that was a fake and a sham, and that Iraq did not have any chemical weapons. Incredible and shocking, but true. We witness lies made at the highest state level and voiced from the high UN rostrum. As a result, we see a tremendous loss in human life, damage, destruction and a colossal upsurge of terrorism. Overall, it appears that nearly everywhere in many regions of the world where the United States brought its law and order, this created bloody, non-healing wounds and the curse of international terrorism and extremism. I have only mentioned the most glaring but far from only examples of disregard for international law. This array includes promises not to expand NATO eastwards even by an inch. To, re to reiterate, they have deceived us or, to put it simply, they have played us. Sure, one often hears that politics is a dirty business. It could be, but it shouldn't be as dirty as it is now, not to such an extent. This type of con artist behaviour is contrary not only to the principles of international relations, but also and above all to the generally accepted norms of morality and ethics. Where is justice and truth here? Just lies and hypocrisy all around. Incidentally, US politicians, political scientists and journalists write and say that a veritable empire of lies has been created inside the United States in recent years. It is hard to disagree with this. It is really so, but one should not be modest about it. The United States is still a great country and a system-forming power. All its satellites not only humbly and obediently say yes to and parrot it at the slightest pretext, but also imitate its behaviour and enthusiastically accept the rules it is offering them. Therefore, one can say with good reason and confidence that the whole so-called Western bloc formed by the United States in its own image and likeness, is in its entirety the very same empire of lies. As for our country, after the disintegration of the USSR, given the entire unprecedented openness of this new modern Russia, its readiness to work honestly with the United States and other Western partners and its practically unilateral disarmament, they immediately tried to put the final squeeze on us finishes off and utterly destroyers. This is how it was in the 1990s and the early 2000s, when the so-called collective West was actively supporting separatism and gangs of mercenaries in southern Russia. What victims, what losses we had to sustain and what trials we had to go through at that time 
before we broke the back of international terrorism in the Caucasus. We remember this and will never forget. Properly speaking, the attempts to use us in their own interests never ceased until quite recently. They sought to destroy our traditional values and force on us their false values that would erode us, our people from within, the attitudes they have been aggressively imposing on their countries, attitudes that are directly leading to degradation and degeneration because they are contrary to human nature. This is not going to happen. No one has ever succeeded in doing this, nor will they succeed now. Despite all that, in December 2021, we made yet another attempt to reach agreement with the United States and its allies on the principles of European security and NATO's non-expansion. Our efforts were in vain. The United States has not changed its position. It does not believe it necessary to agree with Russia on a matter that is critical for us. The United States is pursuing its own objectives while neglecting our interests. Of course, this situation begs a question, what next? What are we to expect? He then goes on to talk about um, Russia and the Second World War. Um, and I'm not going to read that. I'll carry on. Those who aspire to global dominance have publicly designated Russia as their enemy. They did so with impunity. Make no mistake, they had no reason to act this way. It is true that they have considerable financial, scientific, technological and military capabilities. We are aware of this and have an objective view of the economic threats we have been hearing, just as our ability to counter this brash and never-ending blackmail. Let me reiterate that we have no illusions in this regard and are extremely realistic in our assessments. As for military affairs, even after the dissolution of the USSR, and losing a considerable part of its capabilities, today's Russia remains one of the most powerful nuclear states. Moreover, it has a certain advantage in several cutting-edge weapons. In this context, there should be no doubt for anyone that any potential aggressor will face defeat and ominous consequences should it directly attack our country. At the same time, technology, including in the defence sector, is changing rapidly. One day there is one leader and tomorrow another, but a military presence in territories bordering on Russia, if we permit it to go ahead, will stay for decades to come or maybe forever, creating an ever-mounting and totally unacceptable threat for Russia. Even now, with NATO's eastward expansion, the situation for Russia has been becoming worse and more dangerous by the year. Moreover, these past days, NATO leadership has been blunt in its statements that they need to accelerate and step up efforts to bring the alliance's infrastructure closer to Russia's borders. In other words, they have been toughening their position. We cannot stay idle and passively observe these developments. This would be an absolutely irresponsible thing to do for us. Any further expansion of the North Atlantic Alliance's infrastructure or the ongoing efforts to gain a military foothold of the Ukrainian territory are unacceptable for us. Of course, the question is not about NATO itself. It merely serves as a tool of US foreign policy. The problem is that in territories adjacent to Russia, which I have to note is our historical land, a hostile anti-Russia is taking shape. Fully controlled from the outside, it is doing everything to attract NATO armed forces and obtain cutting-edge weapons. For the United States and its allies, it is a policy of containing Russia with obvious geopolitical dividends. For our country, it is a matter of life and death, a matter of our historical future as a nation. This is not an exaggeration, this is a fact. It is not only a very real threat to our interests, but to the very existence of our state and to its sovereignty. It is the red line which we have spoken about on numerous occasions. They have crossed it. This brings me to the situation in Donbass. We can see that the forces that staged the coup in Ukraine in 2014 have seized power, are keeping it with the help of ornamental election procedures, and have abandoned the path of a peaceful conflict settlement. 
For eight years, for eight endless years, we have been doing everything possible to settle the situation by peaceful political means. Everything was in vain. As I said in my previous address, you cannot look without compassion at what is happening there. It became impossible to tolerate it. We had to stop that atrocity, that genocide of the millions of people who live there and who pin their hopes on Russia, on all of us. It is their aspirations, the feelings and pain of these people that were the main motivating force behind our decision to recognise the independence of the Donbass People's Republics. I would like to additionally emphasise the following. Focused on their own goals, the leading NATO countries are supporting the far-right nationalists and neo-Nazis in Ukraine, those who will never forgive the people of Crimea and Sevastopol for freely making a choice to reunite with Russia. They will undoubtedly try to bring war to Crimea just as they have done in Donbass, to kill innocent people just as members of the punitive units of Ukrainian nationalists and Hitler's accomplices did during the Great Patriotic War. They have also openly laid claim to several other Russian regions. If we look at the sequence of events and the incoming reports, the showdown between Russia and these forces cannot be avoided. It is only a matter of time. They are getting ready and waiting for the right moment. Moreover, they went as far as aspire to acquire nuclear weapons. We will not let this happen. I have already said that Russia accepted the new geopolitical reality after the dissolution of the USSR. We have been treating all new post-Soviet states with respect and will continue to act this way. We respect and will respect their sovereignty, as proven by the assistance we provided to Kazakhstan when it faced tragic events and a challenge in terms of its statehood and integrity. However, Russia cannot feel safe, develop and exist while facing a permanent threat from the territory of today's Ukraine. Let rem me remind you that in 2000-2005, we used our military to push back against terrorists in the Caucasus and stood up for the integrity of our state. We preserved Russia. In 2014, we supported the people of Crimea and Sevastopol. In 2015, we used our armed forces to create a reliable shield that prevented terrorists from Syria from penetrating Russia. This was a matter of defending ourselves. We had no other choice. The same is happening today. They did not leave us any other option for defending Russia and our people other than the one we are forced to use today. In these circumstances, we have to take bold and immediate action. The People's Republics of Donbass have asked Russia for help. In this context, in accordance with Article 51, Chapter 7 of the UN Charter, with permission of Russia's Federation Council and in execution of the Treaties of Friendship and Mutual Assistance with the Donetsk People's Republic and the Lugansk People's Republic, ratified by the Federal Assembly on February 22nd, I made a decision to carry out a special military operation. The purpose of this operation is to protect people who for eight years now have been facing humiliation and genocide perpetrated by the Kiev regime. To this end, we will seek to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine, as well as bring to trial those who perpetrated numerous bloody crimes against civilians, including against citizens of the Russian Federation. It is not our plan to occupy the Ukrainian territory. We do not intend to impose anything on anyone by force. At the same time, we have been hearing an increasing number of statements coming from the West that there is no need anymore to abide by the documents setting forth the outcomes of World War II as signed by the totalitarian Soviet regime. How can we respond to that? The outcomes of World War II and the sacrifices our people had to make to defeat Nazism are sacred. This does not contradict the high values of human rights and freedoms in the reality that emerged over the post-war decades. This does not mean that nations cannot enjoy the right to self-determination, which is enshrined in Article 1 of the UN Charter. Let me remind you that the people living in territories which are part of today's Ukraine were not asked how they wanted to build their lives when the USSR was created or after World War II. 
Freedom guides our policy, the freedom to choose independently our future and the future of of our children. We believe that all the peoples living in today's Ukraine, anyone who want to do this, must be able to enjoy this right to make a free choice. In this context, I would like to address the citizens of Ukraine. In 2014, Russia was obliged to protect the people of Crimea and Sevastopol from those who you yourself call Nats. The people of Crimea and Sevastopol made their choice in favour of being with their historical homeland Russia, and we supported their choice. As I said, we could not act otherwise. The current events have nothing to do with a desire to infringe on the interests of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. They are connected with defending Russia from those who have taken Ukraine hostage and are trying to use it against our country and our people. I reiterate, we are acting to defend ourselves from the threats created for us and from a worse peril than what is happening now. I am asking you, however hard this may be, to understand this and to work together with us so as to turn this tragic page as soon as possible and to move forward together without allowing anyone to interfere in our affairs and our relations, but developing them independently so as to create favourable conditions for overcoming all these problems and to strengthen us from within as a single whole, despite the existence of state borders. I believe in this in our common future. I would also like to address the military personnel of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. Comrade officers, your fathers, grandfathers and great-grandfathers did not fight the Nazi occupiers and did not defend our common motherland to allow today's neo-Nazis to seize power in Ukraine. You swore the oath of allegiance to the Ukrainian people and not to the junta, the people's adversary, which is plundering Ukraine and humiliating the Ukrainian people. I urge you to refuse to carry out their criminal orders. I urge you to immediately lay down arms and go home. I will explain what this means. The military personnel of the Ukrainian army who do this will be able to freely leave the zone of hostilities and return to their families. I want to emphasise again that all responsibility for the possible bloodshed will lie fully and wholly with the ruling Ukrainian regime. I would now like to say something very important for those who may be tempted to interfere in these developments from the outside. No matter who tries to stand in our way or all the more so create threats for our country and our people, they must know that Russia will respond immediately and the consequences will be such as you have never seen in your entire history. No matter how the events unfold, we are ready. All the necessary decisions in this regard have been taken. I hope that my words will be heard. And then he goes on to address the the Russian people. I'm not going to read that, but basically he's putting a case for the reason why he's doing what he's doing. And I'd really like to remind you that he threw out the Rothschilds. He refused to have the central bank in Russia. And he also has has banned Soros from Russia. And that is not the action. They're not the actions of a deep state player. So this is why Russia is being attacked both from a propaganda point of view and in terms of what they're doing because the deep state are desperate to get rid of Putin and Russia, to destroy Russia, bring it under the control of the remainder of the deep state at any cost. And of course, you know, as I said last week, and we've been saying ever since um, that Ukraine came into the news, that it is a cesspool of corruption. And Obama's involved, Uh, Clinton's involved, Biden, of course, Romney, Pelosi, John Kerry. They've been laundering money from U.S. foreign aid through that country. And um, that is now under threat. So that's why they're attacking Russia, because they don't want their cash cow to be slaughtered, as it were. And we have to remember also that it was during Trump's leadership, his his um, time as president, that none of this aggression happened. And there were no wars. There was no bombing of other countries. 
apart from taking out um, one of the Iranian um, terrorist leaders, uh, but they, that, that was a precise hit on that particular person. There was no um, general bombing of countries. And, of course, as we know, he was, he was instrumental in the Abraham Accords in terms of getting peace in the Middle East. But now that we've got Sleepy Joe in office... All of that gets pushed aside because the deep state warmongers want to create a war. And they're quite happy to go and hide in their bunkers while the rest of us actually face the consequences. And speaking of which, I have to share the laughingly um, woke response to the threat of nuclear war. The Biden admin instructs Americans to socially distance and wear masks in the event of a nuclear fallout. I mean, give me a break. I mean, it's it's actually more amusing than um, what they said during the Cold War in terms of children hiding under desks for protection. So, you know, the whole thing is, uh, again, theatre of the absurd. Now, as far as Zelensky is concerned, I don't know who he's a white hat, a black hat, or whatever. Um, X-22 report yesterday is implying that he could be, you know, working with Putin and the alliance. Um, it suggested that Zelensky had requested membership of NATO and the EU um, to show that they won't actually do anything to defend Ukraine. Um, Putin said he doesn't want to remove Zelensky and he doesn't want to harm the Ukrainian people. And he is giving warnings to the people to evacuate certain areas that are going to be targeted. He's not just going in and dropping bombs on everybody, including, you know, civilians, women, children, which is what Obama did with his drones. Um, so there is, and of course, we're not actually seeing any footage from on the ground that actually backs up what the mainstream media, fake news media, are saying is happening. Um, but Zelensky is doing some weird things. Um, he went and handed out weapons to civilians. And one of the people on the ground in Ukraine has basically said he's afraid because these weapons have been given to criminals and he's afraid of being shot, basically, and that um, Zelensky is creating chaos. The other thing connected to this that Gateway Pundit reported is Zelensky to arm prisoners who have combat experience and drop them in the hottest spots of the war to fight for Ukraine and compensate for their guilt. Um, inmates who are qualified will be released from custody, equipped with military kits and deployed to the hottest spots where the fighting is most intense to help with the struggle for our state, Zelensky explained in his early morning public announcement. As long as they have previous fighting experience, anyone and everyone in custody is being considered for deployment. There are even some criminals who are classified as terrorists by the country's anti-terrorist operation that will be armed and sent off to battle. And so it, it rings bells of what Biden did in Afghanistan when he just abandoned um, Kabul, and which allowed the release of all these terrorists who were in the Afghanistan prisons. You know, it's a very interesting tactic to let all these terrorists back on the streets and um, give them weapons. And of course, Biden left 80, was it $85 billion worth of American um, military assets in Afghanistan for the Taliban to take over. So, you know, it makes your head spin, really, when you look at all these different dots and try and join them together. Um, as usual, we have to wait and see what's playing out here. But Zelensky on the surface is very much playing 
into the hands of NATO and the EU. And as we know, EU was set up by the Nazis way back after the World War II, and it's very much in favour of this one world government. Before I finish on this subject, I just want to share portions of an article which is from the goodcitizen.substack.com. And I came across this thanks to John Rappaport, who is um, a, a true investigative journalist. And he puts out his newsletter and he referenced this particular article. So I always like to go to the source. This was written on the 20 or it was published on the 27th of February. Ukraine in the membrane, crazy, insane, got no brain. So this article is actually painting the picture that Zelensky is actually a deep state puppet. He writes, insane in Ukraine, President Vladimir Zelensky is as much a puppet dictator of a dysfunctional oligarchy installed through elections by global managers as Joe Biden is a puppet president of a dysfunctional corporatocracy installed through elections by global managers. You cannot talk about either without being slandered a conspiracy theorist. The discerning mind knows there are no more conspiracy theories. The phrase itself was invented as a misinformation tool by the CIA to smear those who asked too many inconvenient questions after they assassinated a president in 1963 right in front of Abraham Zapruder's camera and the world. No matter how many holes there are in a prepared narrative, including obvious coups, assassinations and lately Western fixed elections, one is just supposed to shut up and not believe their lying eyes. Now we are told to shut up and believe Ukraine is a democracy fighting to defend liberal values and Zelensky is a brave leader defying evil aggression. The hero worship of Zelensky making the rounds on the propaganda outlets and being amplified on attention networks is the stuff of legend. War is always just propaganda. The servants of power in the Ukrainian Borg and the war hawks in both parties and their echoes of the Blue Czech Brigade across the West want people to believe a hypothetical Western liberal future wouldn't be a near first in that poor vassal state, but never mind the facts. In the fog of war propaganda, it's a time for emotions only. The comics' performances have been spectacular feats of Western manipulation, guilting countries like Germany and Sweden to send more weapons that will likely require a thank you card from Putin. The comic continues to engineer attention network mobs to pile on the increase of sanctions that will hurt the mobs more than Russians. He's definitely still a comic, but he's now also a dangerous lunatic who wants to bring the whole world down with his corrupt regime. With the Western corporate state media propagandists manipulating the Ukrainian Borg, who are incessantly cheering him on, this will not end well. The comic's demands become more insane by the day. We call on all civilised countries to impose an embargo on Russian oil products, ban Russian citizens from entering your territory and disconnect Russia from SWIFT. We call on NATO, Europe, the United States to close the sky over Ukraine. Comic Suicide Pact Translation, Russia is uncivilised despite us poking them for years in exchange for billions in US aid that we funnel to the US elites or their sons like Hunter Biden. Banning Russian energy will destroy the people of the West who will pay enormous amounts for natural gas and petrol. But isn't that a small price to pay for solidarity with me, the chosen puppet of Ukrainian oligarchy? Disconnecting Russia from SWIFT will send them further into the arms of the dragon and Iran, setting the stage for World War III. But is that a small price to pay for me, the puppet of Western hyenas? This will not mean your military confrontation with Russia. This will mean that you have stopped the war and your descendants will remember you as heroes. For our part, we will continue to defend our own land. We will not give up and we will destroy our enemies. Comic Suicide Pact Translation You can be heroes and stop the war. I know I could do it in one minute by phone, but the hyenas won't let me. What do you say, Western civilization? Stand with us and help us keep poking the bear, 
by sacrificing thousands of Ukrainian civilians so I stay in power and the media keep calling me a hero. A real hero would take his ill-gotten gains and walk away to play the funny bone or the laugh factory, thereby saving thousands of his compatriots' lives. Unfortunately for the Ukrainian people, the comic and his buddies are intent on using them as cannon fodder for Western propaganda campaigns and their incessant bear-poking operations. Arming civilians in Kiev who don't know anything about firearms and putting them in the battle is a cynical ploy to make them victims for Western media propaganda campaigns. Unfortunately for Europe and the rest, the the comic is calling out Papa Dementia for not sending in US forces to defend his oligarchic puppet regime, which has enriched Papa Dementia and his crackhead son. The Ukrainian money laundering machine is on the verge of collapse. Where will Papa Dementia, his son, John Kerry's son, Romney's son, Pelosi's son and others in the West be acquiring dirty money from USAID if not washed on the boards of Ukrainian energy companies? There's a lot at stake and the comics' lips are getting pretty loose. We all know what happens with loose lips. Let's hope he doesn't board a CIA-leased helicopter if Kiev falls. The bear has growled and is presently doing some light mauling, though it's not going as quickly as planned. The West are all still eager to embrace their inner hyena and be stupid and treacherous, endangering the world by threatening for the first time in history a direct conflict between two nuclear superpowers. Insanity doesn't even begin to describe the mess in Ukraine that could be ended with one phone call. Narrative managers. The corporate state propagandists have been hard at work selling the world one lie after another. War is their time to shine and after two years of silent war propaganda, they're good and ready to deliver some proxy hot war gems. All of it designed to manipulate the unthinking masses who outsource their brains to the narrative managers and resort to expressing their manipulated feelings as if they were valid. Whenever panic and hysteria kick in, people shut their brains off and you better be feeling what they're feeling or or they'll get angry. The latest feelings we're all supposed to have is that Putin is evil and Russia is a monster state. Putin is one of the smartest and most rational statesmen alive and while he may be corrupt and a dictator, he certainly shares many of the same qualities as Biden, Trudeau, Macron, Arda and Johnson and other Western corrupt traitors who lock up their citizens, suspended civil liberties, jail political opposition and force toxic bioweapons on millions of their innocent, unsuspecting citizens. How are they any less evil? Trudeau just sees bank accounts of law-abiding citizens, working-class, peaceful protesters, the things they want us to believe. The same branch Covidians who gave their brains to the state managers and their arms to Pfizer and Moderna are now virtue signalling their love of the blue and yellow. The flags are everywhere, the propaganda right below it. The meaningless gestures flow from those who again outsource their brains to the narrative managers and resort to expressing their their manipulated feelings as if they were valid. If they really supported the Ukrainian people, they'd be demanding their oligarch dictator do the right thing and disavow NATO membership, which was never on the table anyway. They have no clue what's really going on and rush to join the herd, running toward the pre-approved meadow to chew on the carefully prepared narratives and images designed to manipulate and control them. So this article is quite long. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but... It's really underscoring what I think all of us have been saying about how these people are so susceptible to propaganda. And I even put a post on Facebook a day or so ago saying, in the last two years, we've seen how easy it is to manipulate people using their emotions. So I'm going to finish with um, a little bit about the State of the Union, which happened yesterday. And in fact, Trump spoke at CPAC on Saturday, a really good speech, and people were saying this is more like our State of the Union address rather than fake President Biden's. And it's interesting because at one point, 
who actually said, as your president, and paused, um, which sent the whole audience in uproar and applauding and, you know, thinking he was saying, yes, I'm still your president. He went on with the rest of the sentence, which he was just saying, as your president, I put these things in in place when I was in power. But <laughs> that was quite amusing. Um, so... Biden is getting seriously clobbered um, as a result of his gaffes and everything else and lies during the State of the Union address. I must say, I didn't watch it because I saw a shot of Pelosi with her sycophantic uh, applause and it just made me want to throw up. So I'm afraid I didn't watch it. I was just relying on the reports that come out of the media. So this is a quick one by New York Post, Biden's unserious State of the Union. It takes a special sort of political cynicism to publicly thank the Ukrainian ambassador for her nation's bravery and stress in the next moment that we will do nothing to defend her country with our military. But then President Biden's State of the Union speech was nothing but bumbling hypocrisy. Start with the fact that the mask mandate Nancy Pelosi lauded over her members for years was suddenly lifted the day before the speech, showing that follow the science was a bald-faced lie. Next up, Biden begging for unity, then accusing Republicans of only helping the rich. It was quite the performance. After years of bashing Donald Trump, Biden stole his stump speech. He rebranded Build Back Better as Build a Better America and got cheap applause for claiming he was going to get businesses to stay in the US. This after Democratic administrations have signed trade deal after trade deal that have taken industries to China and Mexico. But you think companies will be happy to stay after Biden blamed them for inflation, claiming that rising costs in stores were because of gouging, not supply issues, and his own reckless government spending. Or that he's instituting a crackdown on prices? Corporations will long for the friendlier shores of, we don't know, Venezuela. Turns out Buy American was just a stalking horse for Biden's real agenda, trying to get the massive social spending of Build Back Better passed. He's nothing if not consistent in his futility, even though Joe Manchin has shot him down again and again and again. So the state of Biden's union is delusional because he's not going to be able to lower prices. He's not going to be able to pass BBB. He's not going to be able to keep companies in America. Won't get an immigration deal, certainly not when he's thrown open the border to millions. No amount of lecturing will change that. Meanwhile, nothing on energy independence, which would help our economy and strengthen our foreign relations. Meanwhile, old doddering Joe said he stood with the Iranian, not Ukrainian people, and assured everyone we wouldn't be fighting Ukraine, not Russia. All while Pelosi rubbed her hands together behind him like she was Cruella de Vil eyeing a puppy. Then just because he hadn't gaslit America enough, he insisted we should fund the police. After Democrats used defund the police as a rallying cry for more than a year, does he really think anyone will believe that the party that caused crime nationwide to skyrocket is the party of law and order? Joe's plans boiled down to nothing more than just get it done, a phrase he said about 153 times. Pass my bills, just get it done. Cure cancer, just get it done. None of it will get done. It was an unserious speech for deadly serious times. Lord help us. And the Republicans are basically saying, all you've done is you've um, rolled out all of Trump's policies and claimed them as your own, even though many of the policies were already put in place and he reversed them on day one of his so-called presidency. So, you know, the whole thing was full of gaffes um, and he's been roasted on social media for his, his um, performance, shall we say. So that's all I've got time for today. I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show. I'll be back on Saturday for a roundup of what's happened between now and then. Just as a reminder, you can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, 
at empoweredmanifestation.com. Thank you to Nancy for producing and you all stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper. 